Welcome to the Ecclesia Global Podcast, where we believe in the sovereign move of the Lord to reform the church and the spheres of society globally. Verses 1 through 6 in the New King James reads as thus, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph. Say, the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor, say he found favor, in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had put under his authority. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Turning over to 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verses 8 through 9, and then verses 16 through 18. It says, we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Verse 16, therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, somebody say light affliction, is easy. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us. King James says, in us, a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Father, we thank you for your word. Do your thing in Jesus' name. You may have your seats. We live in a society that has been desensitized from recognizing what is important and what is real. We have created a culture that aggrandizes people's cropped and filtered photos on a social media platform and their contrived storylines, and then we get busy with the business of trying to emulate what we have seen. Somebody say it's not real. We have shifted our focus and have begun to redefine the value system of the things that actually matter. Yet in all these shifting trends and facades, the reality of God is that God is still really real. Tell your neighbor, God is real. His dealings with humanity are real. What he places in and upon individuals is real. And even if it takes you some time, you have got to become consumed with the business of mastering and perfecting the art of awareness. Somebody shout awareness. That means that you've got to come to the point, uh, Michael, where you understand that you've got more going for you than what's going against you. It means that you've got more strength in your life than you actually have weakness. You've got more power than there is impotence. You've got more favor accredited to your life than you have deficits. You have to pray and ask God to open your eyes. Somebody shall open my eyes. Say, open my eyes. 
And when he opens your eyes, you've got to sit in the moment of revealed truth so that you can begin to understand what it is that you carry. We have been so accustomed and acquainted with looking at our lives and looking at ourselves through a negative lens or a negative perspective. But the glory of God is resting on our lives. Somebody shout, there's glory. There is a favor on your life that is about to swallow up everything that is trying to defeat you. I wish you would clap your hands and shout yes right there. You have to make up in your mind that you refuse to die blinded to the reality of how powerful you really are and without maximizing the divine ability that God has given you. There's a lot of people in the grave today that died because they did not realize the greatness and the power that was in them. But I believe the devil is a lie. Somebody shout, he's a liar. And he is the father of a lie. And every time he opens his mouth, he speaks out of his own resource, which is nothing but a lie. Somebody shout, he's a liar. That means that we're going to open our eyes in this decade and we are going to begin to see the vision of the Lord concerning our lives in a different way. It means that we're going to begin to see our aptitudes and we're going to see our strength and we're going to focus on our power because we are the type of being that whatever you begin to focus on and speak to and wherever you begin to transmit energy, that's the thing that's going to have life. Somebody shout, yes. So we are in a place of a great revealing. We are in a place where God is about to show us the, the reality of what it means to be made in his image and in his likeness. If we're made in the image and the likeness of God, it means in the very least, Pastor Isaiah, that we have the ability to take a concept and to take a concept from an immaterial place and to bring it into a place of manifestation. Somebody shout yes. I know that I'm preaching to a couple of sons and daughters of God and it's all right if everybody doesn't get it just hold on for the ride because when we get to the end you're going to understand exactly where we're going say yes say I'm made in his image I'm made in his likeness I have his properties I have his attributes I have his DNA I have his spirit I have his word so if I got all that working for me then greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world because we've been consumed with finding an enemy that doesn't have any of that going for him. I can't get no help in here. I said Ezekiel 28 says that when he cast him out of heaven, he destroyed him. It meant that he stripped him of all of his power. He stripped him of all of his resources. He stripped him of all of his ability but then he gave us exousia and he gave us dunamis. So it means that when I get in the fight with the devil, although he's been around for millions of years and although he has an advantage, I don't know why I'm preaching so hard already. Although he has an advantage because he's seeing things from a different perspective, the reality is, Pastor A, that I have the upper hand because where my flesh is limited and where my ability is cut off, all I've got to do is tap into the image. Y'all not saying nothing. That's on the inside. All I've got to do is tap into the power of God that's in me. I'm made in his likeness and in his image. That means I'm a creator. Shout, I'm a creator. Joseph is seen in the text sold into slavery in Egypt by his brothers. Somebody say the brothers. 
This wasn't just the friends. It wasn't just the people in his peer group. It wasn't just the people in his social circle. But these were the people that ate the same bread and drank the same drink. Somebody say the brothers. But the most unusual thing about the predicament that he is in is that what his brothers tried to destroy by selling him to the Ishmaelites as a slave caused what God placed in him to be revealed. Somebody shout the betrayal was good. I know it didn't feel good to be in the situation where the people that you counted on suddenly showed the hand of the cards that they were playing with and you saw them for what they really are. But say it was good for me to have been afflicted because there was something about the experience of affliction that pushed me into a place where I began to recognize and to see the greatness of the God that was on the inside of me. It was good for me to suffer because if I didn't suffer, I would not have known that he was a mender of the broken heart. If I did not go through, I would not have known more on the monitors that he could make a way out of no way. If I had not been in the situation with the car repo, I wouldn't know that he was a provider that could do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ask or think if I had not been set up on the job and fired I would not have known that he had the ability to nurture and nourish me and to take care of me it was good that the brothers sold Joseph into slavery because there was something about the bondage that began to reveal the glory I know that when you're in a bound uh, in a bound up place the first thing is to try to get out of it I know that the first uh, course of action is to try to loosen it but sometimes you gotta sit in the place of bondage just for a minute sometimes you gotta look up and see that your redemption is drawing nigh somebody shout hallelujah if you've been set free shout yes God I don't know who I'm preaching to already but I'm telling you you've been in a spot and you've been despairing but God is about to shake the cage and he's about to set you free somebody shout hallelujah so he's sold there uh, by his brothers. And in this predicament, the brothers tried to destroy what Joseph had predicted would be his ultimate reality. The text says that Potiphar was Pharaoh's officer and he brought him from the Ishmaelites. Say he brought him from the Ishmaelites. Now the Ishmaelites had just bought Joseph and they're already selling him. And I just want to go on a little trail here to say you got to watch that Ishmaelite spirit. You got to watch the people. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. You got to watch the people that try to buy your freedom and put you in the places of bondage and then try to sell you to the highest bidder just for a quick turnaround. There are some people around you whose assignment is to entrap you. I know y'all don't want to hear that today because we've been talking about love and mercy and grace and believing the best about people. But look up and down your row a couple of times and just take a quick assessment. Don't look too hard. Don't look too long. But find out whether or not the spirit of the Ishmaelites is on your row because that's somebody that'll try to get some intelligence on you just to call somebody else and set you up with it. That's somebody that'll go researching in your past and looking up your history trying to find out where you were weak or where you fell. I ain't got no help in here. That's somebody that'll look up some information on you and try to create a scandal just so that they can sell you but the devil is a lie. I bind the spirit of 
out the Ishmaelites. I bind that spirit of the traitor. I bind that spirit of the betrayer. And I prophesy that every pit that you have planned for me, that you and your house will fall into it. I prophesy that every trap that you've set for me, that you and your mama are going to fall into the trap. The devil is a lie. The favor of God is on my life. I shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Point number one, I got to go. Stop trying to make blind people see. Joseph was a visionary and God spoke to him. And he saw the sheaves of wheat that belonged to his brothers bowing down before him. He dreamt another dream and he saw the sun, moon, and the stars bowing down to him. And he began to prophesy. Somebody shall prophesy. I'm going to help you in a minute. It's all right because even though you might be motivated by a spirit trying to kill me, I'm going to prophesy anyway. You might not like it. You might not agree with it, but I'm going to walk in the fullness of what God has spoken over my life. And every opportunity I get, I'm going to open my mouth and rehearse it. You can call me stuck up. You can call me arrogant. You can call me narcissistic. Call me whatever you want. But you better see that I'm going to be a manifestation of the word of God. I ain't got nobody in here with me that says I'm going to tell the dream. I'm going to prophesy. I'm going to speak it. He fell into the trap of trying to make people that could not see, see the greatness that was in him. Let me help you here. There are people that are designed to recognize your greatness. And when you come in contact with those people, you're going to feel something pushing on me. You're going to find out that those people have been looking for you. They've been waiting for you. Everything is going to be set up in a divine way that as soon as you make the connection, it's going to be like pieces of a puzzle coming together. But when you try to talk about who you are to somebody else and they seem disinterested, you got to recognize that you are not supposed to expend your energy trying to make them see what they refuse to see. If I've got to convince you of my value, it means my value is not for you. But there is a people that have been set aside. I ain't got no help. There's a people that's been set aside that are here and anointed for what it is that God has called me to do. I ain't got help. I wish somebody would open their mouth and shout, yes! We take too much of our energy trying to make blind people see. If you didn't see the glory on me when I walked in, then your eyes are closed. If you couldn't see my greatness, I ain't got no help. If you couldn't see my value, if you couldn't see what I was bringing to the table, if you couldn't see my resume, if you couldn't see the resource that I am, shame on you for being in a position of power but not having eyes to see because the word declares if the blind lead the blind, they're both going to fall in a ditch. But I'm reaching down into a ditch and I'm pulling you up out into a place where you can see and the scales are about to fall off of somebody's eye. Somebody shout, open my Point number two, you will be revealed. I'm almost done. Say you will be. 
you will be. It's not a question of when. It's not a question of if. It's not a question of how. It's not a question of why. But the question is when. Because if God puts something in you, he didn't put it in you to waste it. He didn't put it in you for it to be squandered. But there's a moment that's been designed for my revelation. There's been a moment that's been appointed for me to show up. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I feel an anointing that's coming in the room to declare to you today that your season of revelation is about to happen. You've been faithful in a place of obscurity. You've been faithful in a place of non-notoriety. But the Spirit said, there's a season, there's a time, there's an hour, there's a moment of revelation. And when it comes, the whole world will know, greater is he that is in you. He that began a good work is faithful. Somebody shout yes. There's a faithful work that's about to be completed. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I'm getting happy because you thought that you were out for the count. You thought because of long suffering that God had forgotten about you. But I feel the prophetic anointing that's here to announce that your anointing is about to make room. Your gift is about to make room. Your call is about to make room. There's great men that's waiting for the sound of your voice. There's a people that's waiting for the sound of your word. I wish you would open your mouth and shout, it's my time. It's my season. I'm being revealed. Give him some glory. Take your seat. It was not until Joseph was in bondage that those around him began to recognize that the favor of God was on him. What he tried to make his brother see could not be revealed. What he tried to make them understand, it couldn't be understood because it wasn't the season, it wasn't the time. Stop getting frustrated when it's not time for your revealing, but learn how to honor God who sees all and knows all. Learn to abide within the time and in season of God. You've got to be like the sons of Issachar. You've got to be able to look up and say, I feel like preaching, but it's not my time. I feel like prophesying too slow, but it's not my time. I feel like opening a church, but it's not my time. But just sit there and twiddle your thumbs because if God said it, he's going to bring it to pass. If he spoke it, it's got to happen. 
tell your neighbor what you're waiting for. I know it's been a long time. I know it's been a long wait. But grab your neighbor by the hand and tell your neighbor what you're waiting on has got to come to pass. I ain't got nobody to preach. I said, get your preacher voice. Put your other hand on your hip and shout, neighbor, neighbor, oh neighbor, what you're waiting for is about to happen. Get your calendar, get your planner, block off a few months, put a few dots over the next few months because it's gonna happen. We don't know the day, we don't know the hour, but if he spoke it, creation is already taking shape. If he spoke it, y'all ain't gonna preach. The money that you're waiting on is in the bank. Somebody got it. They gonna write the check. The building, more on the monitors that you're waiting on. Somebody already has the deed. It's getting ready to happen. I feel like preaching. I feel like shifting a time and season out of obscurity into the revealing. Somebody shout yes. There's a crazy praise. Open your mouth and give him a praise. Push the door open. Push the season in. Turn the... Take your seats. Don't fret over tight spaces. Because God sometimes has got to put us in an unfavorable place to reveal his favor. I ain't got no help. I said there are times when God has got to put us in an unfavorable situation to reveal the extent of his favor. Stop crying when you can't pay the bill and recognize I'm already blessed. So even if I'm in a tight space, even if I'm in a prison place, even if I'm deep in a valley. God's about to show his power. He's about to reveal his favor. Joseph was locked up in Potiphar's house. But something about the tight space showed how big our God really is. Potiphar looked at Joseph. He said, I got a lot of prisoners. I got a lot of servants, but there's something about you. I see the favor of God. I see the presence of God. I see the glory of God. Y'all not going to help me preach. Thank you for the tight space. Because while the brothers couldn't see the greatness that was in me, they didn't invite me to the conference. They didn't invite me to the pastor's meeting. But they couldn't see. I wound up in prison, but the prison guard 
who has money, who has influence, who has the ear of the Pharaoh, recognize that there's something about you. There's an anointing on you. I see something on you. And ever since Potiphar took Joseph and put him in his house, all of a sudden, the God of Israel began to bless Egypt. All of a sudden, the God of Israel began to show his power. Who am I preaching to? God got you in a crazy place with some crazy people. But stop trying to move because he put you there to show his glory. He put you there to show his power. Somebody shout, I'm faithful. Sit down, last point. The condition doesn't define the blessing. You have got to mature to the place where you stop trying to define the blessing by the condition. Because you might be in some hellish places. And if you assess your life by the difficulty that you're facing, you'll think that God is not with you. And you'll think that the blessing has lifted. And you'll spend all of your energy trying to find out, God, where did I miss you? You didn't miss him. I don't need that. There's something about a desolate place. I don't know who's ever been there. And I think there's only a handful that I can talk to. But there's something about a place called desolation where you feel like you've been abandoned by God. I ain't got nobody in here where you're trying to figure out with all the hell I'm going through, God, did I do something wrong? Am I misaligned with purpose? Do I have unrepented sin? I ain't got nobody to preach to, so I'll preach to myself. Have you ever been there furlough? In a room with the shades drawn and the door closed and the soft music on and you got your box of tissue and you sit there and weep and you say, God is not fair. I didn't deserve this. God is not fair. This isn't the seed that I sowed. So it shouldn't be my harvest. But there's something about that place that shows you the magnitude of the blessing that's on you. Because while I was in despair, I noticed, Prophet Sean, that needs were cropping up around me. And when I prayed for the person next to me, all of a sudden, there was breakthrough. All of a sudden, there was a healing. All of a sudden, there was a deliverance. I said, God, I thought you left. God, I thought you abandoned me. But now I notice that it's the place of the jacked up condition that shows me 
the magnitude of the glory that's on my life. There's something about a dark place that makes the light seem brighter. Stand on your feet. I'm ready to close. Joseph was in a precarious place. He was in a place where he was rejected by his brother. He was loved by his father. He was conspired against to the point of death. He had great vision and aspirations on a global scale. He was sold into slavery. He was subjected to a system that was controlled by another deity. Yet in all of this, while going through this, he was more than blessed. He was still successful, not by the external condition, but he was successful because God was with him. You cannot define the magnitude of your blessing by what you see around you. The Rolls Royce doesn't make you blessed, but the presence does. You better stop looking at your bank account because you're on your way from the pit to the palace. And sometimes in the pit, you might be in overdraft. Sometimes in the pit, you might have a repossession. Sometimes in the pit, you might have a divorce. Sometimes in the pit, you might have a miscarriage. Sometimes in the pit, you might have a bad diagnosis. But it's all right because the destination is not the pit. The destination is the palace. Joseph, keep going. Let the dream carry you from the pit to the palace. Let the dream defy the odds and shift you into destiny. Open your mouth and give him a shout. I'm done. Open your mouth. Come on, give him glory. Give him glory. Give him glory. I need praisers to open your mouth because the dilemma's not the end of the story. The trial is not the end of the story. Give him praise. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening to the Ecclesia Global Podcast, where once again we believe in the sovereign move of the Lord to reform the church and the spheres of society globally. We'll see you next time.